What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Wanted to give you guys a heads up. Um, about an hour and 40 minutes into this episode, our second with Pete Pelletier, who is Phil's father, uh, we had received a notification that a New Hampshire state trooper had been shot, uh, who was basically out of our area. And we had to stop to see if uh, we could help it, uh, help in any way possible. Uh, that being said, the state trooper is okay. Um, if you guys go on to our Instagram page, I have posted uh, and I will repost the link to the trooper's GoFundMe page uh, so you can support him uh, and his family uh, during this time. <sighs> that being said, we were in the process of talking about uh, the the future for the podcast. I guess you call it the future for the podcast, but also the future for more particularly me. Um, as I've hinted at, I guess you, I don't know if you call it hinted at. I mean, I've spoken about it, but not in depth at all. And I uh, was about to get in, in depth with uh, Pete about what's going on in my life uh, in the next few weeks until we got interrupted the other night. But as you guys may or may not know, in about a week and a half, I am uh, moving and moving far enough away that I had to give my resignation to the police department. Uh, it's just, hopefully it's just a, uh, a lull in my career. I call it a lull. And I guess what I mean by that is just kind of like a, I don't know, an interruption in my career, just time wise. And that's, that's about it. And I have a few irons in the fire, um, with regards to jobs and, and, and all of that. And I have, uh, different things that I will be doing in the meantime. But yeah, I gave my full-time notice about two months ago uh, for an upke- uh, upcoming date. And, you know, sometimes in life, uh, life does bring you in places you never thought it would if you let it. And never in my life did I think I would be up here prior to actually moving to this area. And I've been up here for a little over eight years at this point in time. And, and I've been in law enforcement for going on 11 now. <sighs> so, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is we've talked about transition in life. We've hinted at it. We've talked about it. And I'm really not good at forming uh, sentences or whatever, just my, my articulation is not as good as other people, uh, that I listen to when they talk about transition. And I don't know if it's one of those things that, that it's not as good because it's about me and I can't make that connection with my head. I just, sometimes I just, it's hard for me to get thoughts into words for whatever reason. Um, but you know, transition is all about having that next mission in life and whatever you decide or whatever you choose to be your next mission, uh, Mike Sorelli, who those who listen to Jocko know of Mike or take uh, the online leadership classes, uh, Mike Sorelli told me one day that, you know, transition is a hard thing and he found the thing that worked for him the best was to 
strive to be the best at whatever it is you choose. And those words kind of kind of struck with me because he just said, with striving to be the best comes purpose. Striving to be the best can be can come in a multitude of ways. Whether it's you know striving to be the best father, the best wife, the best son, daughter, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, you know. If that's all you have to focus on at that point, then the point, then do it. Um, I think it's for me. This podcast is going to help me in that transition in life uh, between my full time employment with the police department. I am remaining in a, I would like to say, an active part time role um, with the uh, the team that I'm on, and I believe that this podcast is going to help me. Uh, with that transition, you know, I've, I started it this year because of everything that was going on. And I do enjoy talking about mental health. And I think it's a topic that, um, needs to be talked about more often. And so with this podcast, I hope gives people a platform for doing that, whether it's guys that I knew or worked with or work with, um, if it's people I haven't even met before, it hope it gives them a platform to actually get out there and be heard and and if it need be just a vent. Um so I think that this podcast itself is gonna help me uh, maintain my relationship with with law enforcement and hey, you never know what 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 life has in store for you and you just got to, I, I want to say you got to roll with the punches, but that's putting it in a, a negative light and this isn't a negative thing at all. Um, so yeah, I guess we can unpack that uh, entire transition uh, basket bundle, whatever you want to freaking call it. Uh, we can unpack that entire thing uh, over the course of, yeah, the uh, the life of this podcast. So with that being said, guys, <sighs> welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Point Man Podcast. I am your host, John Imperial. And finally, Phil Pelletier is back in studio here with us tonight. What's going on, bud? Hey, John. Good to be back. Good to be home. <sighs> I bet, huh? Yeah. Long uh, <laughs> A few months out there on the eighth continent. A few months and uh, a little bit longer to go. Yeah. So when you get back. I'll be heading back at the end of the week. Okay. All right. Can you guys hear me well? I can hear you fine. Okay. Well, I don't know. This this whole podcast thing, sometimes it dumpster fire and it's <sighs> hard to get everything set up. This is the easiest part right here is the conversation itself. Every day is a brand new day. Yeah, right? Especially when you, because <laughs> there's such a small room, I have to, you know, take it apart sometimes and move stuff around, especially in the middle of moving, but. Have to move that couch up. <laughs> the casting couch. If you hear him again, ladies and gentlemen, that is. Padre Phil Pelletier for <laughs> that's right. Well, that is Pete Pelletier, Phil's father, joining us again for what part two now, isn't it? Probably, yeah. Yeah, your first yeah. one will be coming out in uh, about next week sometime, and wanted to have him back on the show. And yeah, good to have you in studio with us again. There, Great Pete. to be here again. Thank what, you. What are we dis- What are we drinking tonight, there, Philly? You brought these in. A listener gave them to us, right? Yes, that's right. So uh, tonight we have a Trappers Pack 
uh, by Northwoods Brewing Company. It's another New England IPA. And uh, I think Pistol Pete drank one last time. Yeah, yeah. He brought these with them last time as and well. And I'm not positive I've had them before. I, I know I've had one by the company. Yeah. But uh, I know it's I know it's going to be something I like because it's a New England IPA. So Exactly. Cheers. Cheers. Sorry, I took a drink before cheering. But yeah, I was about to lift up. And you just <laughs> it, so. That's all right. Oh, so what's going on? You're looking at it. Yeah. Getting yeah, ready just, for the Christmas season, the holiday. Yeah. I, I think every year it takes me by surprise. I don't know why. It's not like I don't know the date. <laughs> I always see a gift in like June or July. I'm like, I know somebody that would like that. And then I completely forget about it. Be worse to buy it and then forget about yeah, it. Yeah, right. I, I put, I'd store it and keep it in some closet and yeah. not even if I just forget that it was there. But yeah, I do the uh, did the Coas five hundred today and just went around trying to find something and no, it wasn't working. Where'd you find that uh, the uh, ugly sweater over there? Uh, I got this. I think it was at Tipsy Elf. Tipsy Elves. Where's that? Uh, oh, it's online. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's. I think it's one of the more common. Uh, I want to say I probably got a link from Barstool or something like that originally. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, it's nice. I'm a big fan of ugly sweaters. Yeah, I like it. I'm kind of jealous right now. You should be. Well, I mean, I did turn down the heat, you know, you know feel the rules. So as soon yeah. as the uh, temperature drops a little bit and then we just get closer and start snugging. So that'll be on me before you know it. Hey, I don't have many. <laughs> I just cut my hair. So now I got now I got fur on again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So last time Pete was here, we got into a bit of his uh, career, and I know we we didn't really have time because we just we just kept talking about just kept going and going. Is your career and just everything? Well, the old man wouldn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was good, and uh, I know we I know Pete wanted to talk about mental health aspect of uh, the podcast within law enforcement, and uh, we'll get into that tonight as well. But yeah, twenty twenty. This will probably be the last time that you know, at least Phil and I are here in studio together. You know, um, I mentioned on a few other podcasts what's going on in my life, but uh, yeah, we're gonna got a move coming up in a few weeks, and hopefully, we'll you know, my fiance and I will get a studio set up somewhere in the house. But it's the last time that we can uh, be here doing it. So I'm glad you guys are here with me. Boy, that would just, just brought a somber mood here. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't yeah. even know what to do now. <laughs> Half the audience is like, oh. <laughs> oh man. All the people that do listen, so. You know, yeah. Both think, of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we got a pretty good following so far. <laughs> oh, it's you, you two, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we're both here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we have... 15 episodes out right now. I know, Phil, you haven't been able to do all of them, but we have uh, 15 full-length episodes out, and I know there's more to come. We have more in the vault right now as well with uh, Pete. This first one will be published shortly, but yeah, I think it's. I think the podcast itself has been going pretty well. Yeah, no, you've been killing it. That's that's for sure. Well, I, I can't do it without I think, the help. I think it's a lot. Of, I think it's a lot easier for you to just schedule it without me. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, what's the time difference over there? And we're going to be on the phone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been kind of hard that way. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, no, we we have some. We've had some great guests. John Gornieri. Uh, we had Wayne in here as well. I mean, no, we have some others uh, that yep. that want to come on, and it's just been it's just been hard the scheduling aspect of it. But yep. the podcast itself is uh, this is like I was saying, this is this is the easy part, the conversation. 
everything else around it sucks. Cause I, well, thankfully I don't do most of it on a computer. I mm-hmm. obviously record it and then edit it on the computer, but. Did you get a new computer yet? No, that thing still sucks. Here's open Santa. <laughs> Santa liked you this year. Yeah, right. <laughs> that $200 junk computer that I have is I'm surprised it hasn't met the wall yet. I warned you. <laughs> Goddamn HP. But, uh, yeah, no, the, the podcast is going pretty well. We have about 2,500 downloads so far. So for 15 episodes, I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think the last time I remember hearing you say a number, it was like 1,500. So Yeah, I mean, it's growing. It's just one of those things with – you can definitely tell. I mean, you know, with the, the quarantine and everything, we kind of started in the middle of the quarantine, so the downloads weren't picking up right away. Hmm. When, when do you listen to podcasts? When I'm driving, when I'm hiking. Exactly. So – no one's out there driving as much as they right. normally would be. So it's, and it, it kind of, you can see the podcast. I know our number one podcast right now is with Tony, but uh, you can see them like it was weird. You could, there was a, f- a few downloads in the beginning because obviously we're out there getting, we're one of probably a million podcasts right. and uh, just getting noticed and whatnot. And then when the, the quarantine is kind of picked back up, obviously with everything shutting down again, which we'll get into, but uh you know, the, the numbers aren't there immediately. So, yeah. and we did transfer it to a new RSS feed, which is kind of like the middleman. So I, I take the audio and upload it into like the, the middleman who puts it on like Spotify, Apple iTunes. Oh, and all that. interesting. So I transferred to a, uh, a better host website. So if you guys have any issues with that, just uh, let me know. But, um, but yeah, no, I just wanted to say thanks for the, uh, the listeners that we do have, including you, number one over there, Pete. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy I enjoy your podcast. You have great podcast. Um, you have um, you have a good focus on things, and you have a good variety of people on. You know, everybody you've talked about. It's a great variety. Yeah, that's and, good. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I didn't really want to have just like a law enforcement <clears throat> military focused podcast, even though it's kind of turned into that in the I don't know the first few episodes that we have. Yes, but, I know because. Who do you know? Yeah, mostly all cops. Yeah. So in law enforcement or uh, in military. So um, we do have a few people that will be coming onto the show that are not uh, law enforcement or military. Um, I'm trying to get uh, Noelle Lambert. I don't know if you guys know her. She was the L'Oreal Woman of the Year uh, for 2020. And um, yeah, she had kind of lost her leg in a uh, moped accident a few years hmm. ago and then and is now on the uh paralympics for the for the u.s awesome. doing that so awesome trying to get her on the show still gonna get mistress carrie the radio rock radio dj on the show as well and uh gonna go to your donut shop too donut shop that's right donut love that'll all be easier once you're closer yeah exactly, exactly. i'll just have to travel yeah so 20, Actually, I might be closer too. <laughs> Let's hope or further. I don't know what I'm going to be. No, you better not be. If, if, if that rumor you were talking to me about <laughs> the other night is anywhere near true, I'm going to cry. Because then I'll be anywhere yeah. but close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I say it or no? Yeah, you can talk. Who wants to move to Oklahoma? Oh, stop. Have you ever heard the song? <laughs> yes, I've heard that. Watch Band of Brothers I just, just want to go so I can sing the song. <laughs> oh, you could go. Go ahead there, Pete. No, Sing it. Don't even start. <laughs> it's actually, it's a beautiful state. The more I look at it, the more I'm like, That's, I could see myself being there. Yeah. It's a, it's a tornado magnet. Why would you want to live there? That is, that is the only thing that you have to be like, but there's tornadoes. 
Yes, you yeah, get a new house every couple of years as long as you're up on your insurance <laughs> payments, right? Pretty much. That's yeah. horrible. I hate to joke about it, actually. Hey, keep the, keep the house less cluttered because you're going to lose it. <laughs> Just terrible. It's awesome and true, but terrible. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. You got a man cave slash tornado shelter in your garage. Yeah. You're all set. Can you get, are you going to get one of those, uh, those bomb shelter signs to, to for it? Yeah, I would, I'd, Pimp that place right out as much as I could. <laughs> so, what makes you want to move there? Move there, excuse me. It's just a good red state. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's not like Texas, so I don't have to get completely like cowboyed up. But it's like that <laughs> southern western hospitality. It's got a lot of lakes. You're in the it's middle pretty... of the transformation right now. I, I know. I'm I mean, you're, you're yeah, exactly right. He's rocking both the ugly sweater and the cowboy boots. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have great fashion sense. I know. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I hope not. I hope you better you better stay close because I need you close. Wherever the winds take me. No, no, you're my boyfriend and uh you know it's it gonna be it's gonna be hard. We're not breaking up, it's just gonna be long distance. I've already done one long distance relationship. I can't do it. It's another. just gonna continue long distance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so twenty twenty. What a dumpster fire of a year that's been, huh? Yeah. You could say that. <laughs> What do you want to say over there, Peter? No, it just has been. Yeah, I know. Every time you think, oh, it ain't going to get any worse. We're on the upswing now. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, we have murder hornets. Or we have, <laughs> you know, some kind of flying monkeys or something. What, whatever happened thing. to the murder hornets? Nobody. Knows. I don't know. I think they got COVID. Hype. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what happened. Then you get the monoliths coming out of nowhere. And I know Phil called me out saying it was fake news when I posted the other day. Yeah. The Vermont one? Yeah. I, I, I didn't seen... even look it up, honestly. No, no. Because did you read about the one that was where was it? Utah, Utah. Some people just came in and like took it apart and packed it away. Oh, really? Yeah. No shit. I didn't know that. Yep. No. You're my fact checker, so you've been gone. So I mean, you've been yep. lost on the eighth continent yourself. But uh... completely lost. I found a hot <laughs> spring though. Did you? Yeah. I remember, yeah, you and I were talking about that. Yeah. Actually, it was uh, right in the beginning of Pete's last episode. Yeah. And uh, that's cool. I got to go find more of those. Yeah. But uh, there are no hot springs in New England, and I'm so jealous. I mean, it's it's all it's all granite, and it's originally volcanic, and yeah, not one hot spring. Like, stop. Yeah, just be. stop. You <laughs> can't get through the just solid stop. bedrock. Apparently not. It's or it's not, so or it's not found yet, which means <laughs> you, have to, you have to go back into the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you're really bummed about uh, yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm so bummed about that... finding another waterfall. <laughs> but still no hot springs. <laughs> that you know, just that that just means you have to go visit them. It means I have to go visit what? Phil. Oh yeah, yeah. In Oklahoma, there are no hot springs. Either, <laughs> no, I mean, out, out in the Eighth Continent, where he is now. On the Eighth Continent, yeah. I actually, I, I, you know, the more he talks about the Eighth Continent, the more I, I'd like to go see it and yeah. see the part that he's been in. That'd be nice. Cool. <clears throat> That'd be nice. But yeah, it's uh it's been a, a shitty year. Started off with Kobe dying like we were just talking about, and then yeah. after that happened, it's kind of gone downhill. But yeah. In China. In China. <laughs> that China virus. China, China virus. Oh, which God. just consumed everyone, and I'm just sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just completely over it. Yeah. Even the the random conversations that I you just have with people about it, it's it's getting old. Yeah, and I just it's hard not to take serious, but at the same time, it's hard to take serious. I 
Well, we all know that it's real and it can hurt people, right. but yeah, and people. It's got a ninety-nine point eight. It's real. Like you're gonna live. A lot of people are. Yeah, and if you have underlying, I think most of the time, anyone who passes from it is the underlying issues. How are you guys with this whole mask thing, Pete? But you're uh... <laughs> so so the whole mask thing. Yeah, the mask thing, right? So I I like to park like far away from the entrance at Walmart, and I just walk all the way in and <clears throat> and. I've put miles on in that parking lot because I get to the door and I see I got to I got to have my mask and then I remember oh yeah it's only been I don't know eight months idiot turn around go back to your truck put the mask on and walk back in I got to make one trip after another and it's like and it's like you know there's not I don't I don't have a clue because I obviously in in, your, in the last episode I was you know I came across as a trained observer. Um, and I didn't notice anybody else wearing a mask as they were walking out. And as I'm walking like the 3.2 miles from my truck to the Walmart <laughs> entrance, it's like, oh, criminy. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm over the mask thing. And, you know, it's, um, I don't mind it in the sense, like if it opens stuff back up, you know, and I gotta, yeah. I gotta wear it into a restaurant and then I can take it off and be normal. Then that's one thing. But I'm not wearing it walking it down the sidewalk. No, nope. I'm not wearing it driving in my vehicle. Nope, nope. I'm not wearing. I say that I was respectful and like hiking and stuff. I'd wear like a net gaiter and just lift it up because you're passing on a hiking trail. You're brushing shoulders with people, and if they if they do it, I do it. If they didn't, nope, done. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I just want to be courteous of other people. Is yeah, my thing. Well, definitely. Yeah, do I, I want to? No, but if other people are. Like all about it, whatever. I can I can respect that. I'm just over it. I mean, I'm over it, but it's yeah. I know it, the 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 part that gets me is the whole wearing it out outdoors and whatnot. No nonsense. I like you said, walking down the sidewalk. Why do I have to no. wear it? You know, it's just silly. Well, you have to wear it on a plane, and planes are like the absolute safest place that you can be on right now because they circulate the air within like seconds of you breathing it out. You still have to wear it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you can get told by a flight attendant, and they tell you one too many times, you're on the no-fly list. <laughs> like that two-year-old. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about yeah, that. Even, even though they all it. say you don't have to wear a mask if you're two years old and younger. <laughs> yeah, the, the dad in that video looked like he was strangling the kid trying to hold the mask yeah. over the, the, his daughter's face, and then they get booted off, and still their luggage goes to their destination. Awesome. Yeah. That, see, that's the stuff I can't stand about it. Yeah, that's it's it's just silly, you know, and yeah, there's there's so many arguments for and against masks, and mm-hmm. there are smart people on both sides of the arguments. Certainly, a whole lot smarter than I am, but um, you know, I don't know lockdowns and everything. If the first lockdown was so effective, why are we doing it again? And if it wasn't effective, why are we doing it again? And you know. If the masks work the first time, well, then why are we doing it again? So, I, yeah. I don't know. There's There's been a lot of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm throwing out a lot of stuff that uh, – a lot of slogans that I've seen. But still, it's, you know, kind of makes you wonder. It makes a fellow wonder. <sighs> yeah, it certainly does. <clears throat> it certainly does. I mean, my, I I hate the, the effing mask. hate it. I don't want to put it on. I do and. Well, you have to deal with it at work. I have to deal with it at school. You deal with it at work. I mean, it's just, it's a nightmare. Yeah. But I, I, I put up with it so that I can keep on keeping on. You going to get the vaccine? Oh, man. Someone who I trust 
was told by someone who they are trusted by. And yeah, I said, it, I said it that way. Your brother's girlfriend's uncle's cousin. That's right. And uh, they are going to get it when it comes time, but they're not going to go seek it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, kind of. And I might play the same way if for some reason to continue what I want to keep doing right now, I have to get it. Then that's one thing, but I'm not going to go you get it. Work-wise? Yeah, school wise. work, school, whatever. Yeah. Like if suddenly I have to do it and it's in my best interest to to do it, then sure. But I'm not going to go seek it. Yeah. Pete, you the same way? So, you know, it's like this is only my second year. I'm, I'm turning 57 in January and <clears throat> this is only my second year that I actually get a flu shot, um, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, that's a new vaccine that comes out every year. Uh, and so I think a lot of the resistance with this vaccine is, oh, they rushed it and they made, they got into production, you know, well, okay, they do that with every flu vaccine every year. That being said, I'm not really a fan of getting, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means. I mean, no. you know, um, vaccines are important and stuff. I just, I don't know, we, you know, there's been a lot of misinformation or outright wrong information that we've been given by uh, supposedly credible sources, you know, and then C- mm-hmm. the CDC had to backtrack and, and say, well, actually about 95% of the reported deaths actually weren't COVID deaths. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no kidding. The guy was riding a motorcycle or something. You know what I'm saying? is, So I just, I think um, <clears throat> overall, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not really sure I want to get the vaccine. Um, I just, I have, I, there's been so much that's gone on. So much has happened during this whole alleged pandemic um, that I'm just, uh, I guess I got trust issues, <laughs> you know, so do I really, do I really need this vaccine or, or what, you know, I mean, 10 I years know. from now, I don't want to be watching TV and have to dial that number. Or, you know, yeah, if, exactly. if you, yeah. you know, if you took the COVID-19 vaccine 10 years ago, then dial this number for well, compensation. I mean, look at all the guys who took the anthrax vaccine when they were first invading in the Middle East. Mm. I have no idea the pills that I had to take. Some were blue. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I, it went down to the last minute for me. Uh, I got the text of this morning saying, because, you know, law enforcement in New Hampshire is, you know, kind of like privy, number, oh, I'm going to say num- number one on the list, but high on the list that if you want to go get it, you can. Yeah. And it came down, I think today was like the last day for the quote signups for it. And I know I'm going to get it or have to get it eventually for the military. It's oh, in, that's true. It's inevitable. So yeah. I did sign up, and I said I would get it. I'd rather just me personally. I just get it over and done with now. Drop trow and stick your cheek out. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I'll be I'll probably have to do that for people, and if they reactivate my unit. So oh, that's true. Yeah. So I didn't think about it that way. I just one of those things. I'm like, I don't. I don't want to. I was able to skate last year, and I'd, I I. Bought myself some diamond-encrusted skating <laughs> skates. Yeah, those were pretty sharp. Those, <laughs> those were sharp. Are, those were pretty sharp, and I was able to get out of the flu vaccine last year, but couldn't get out of it this year. <laughs> and uh, I was able to skate right out of that one. But I don't think I got the flu vaccine last year either, and that was like the first in a while. See, I First year in a while. I didn't until I enlisted. I mean, I got it when I was growing up. I used every to get now it just because like, oh, whatever. Yeah, and then – I think the first, I think the last time I got it was back in like 2010 when I first became a cop. I was like, oh, I, you know, definitely want it. I'm going to be dealing with X people, number of people. People who cough and don't cover their mouths. Exactly. Because they're not wearing a mask. 
<laughs> exactly. Speaking of like, I saw a statistic like, um, people with the flu, like the numbers gone down this year, and I'm like, oh, I wonder why. Everyone has to be six feet apart. They were in half lockdown. People are wearing masks. I'm like washing our hands. Obviously, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't mean. So yeah, I signed up for it just because of the whole military thing, and we'll see what happens from there. So when I get it, if I start growing another head, you'll uh, you'll let us stay away. I don't know which one I'm going to be getting though. The Moderna, the uh, Pfizer one. Which which one do you want if you had to choose? They're both two part. They're two series yeah, ones. Probably so once you sign up, you have to come back and get that second one. Yeah. Within 21, 22 days. I think it, like it, it's, and it's like on that day, you cannot miss it. doesn't matter if it's <laughs> your funeral or not. <laughs> you, have to get it. you better be there. <laughs> Someone will be all, yeah, Imperials here. Yeah. <laughs> Four squad or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we all know he's actually probably passed out in, uh, <laughs> in his cot somewhere, but. Hey, as long as no one's a blue falcon, you know, so. <laughs> someone said I was there. I got it. Sign my name. I don't care. Just sign it. <laughs> I'll pay you. But uh, yeah, no, I probably the more general one. I mean, I've heard good and bad about both. Like it, it doesn't right. matter who you're going to talk to. I'm okay? willing to bet they don't tell you which one you're getting. Probably not. And it, it I mean, in 2020, te- medical technology's kind of grown. So has it? Yeah, without a doubt. I know. Without a doubt. I mean, I th- I've heard, I don't know which one it was about. I want to say it was, I, I can't honestly, I don't even want to speculate which one it was about, but I heard that one of them, that this will be the first vaccine that they're actually able to successfully produce and not get like barred by the, the uh, FDA. <laughs> That's not allowed right now. Well, what do you mean? They... Why would they bar it? No, what I'm saying is that if it was Pfizer or Moderna, I can't remember which one it was, but of other vaccines from 2019 and prior, if it was a flu vaccine or whatever it was that they weren't able to pass like the government test for it. So they weren't able to actually produce them. And then now this is like the first of the fifth or sixth vaccine that they're trying to produce that's actually going to go to market for them. Hmm. And so... I don't know. I re- do I really? I don't really don't care which one I get. Who knows who that was written by? I don't know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I'll be the first to admit I have not done the research on it just because it's selfishly it's not affecting me in the moment. And I'm, I get you though. I'm gonna go with the flow right now. Yeah, I got. I got. What I about got the other kids? stuff going on? Like, <laughs> no, my kids are not getting it. No, no. Hard fast on that. Hard, hard. No. Yeah. Well, I respect that. Yep. Yeah. Would you, would you give it to Phil? If <laughs> it's like I said, I got yeah, trust, yeah. trust He's issues. He's smiling you know? right now. Of course he would. Be like, yeah. I got trust He'd issues. be the guinea pig. So, no. Kid, kids are the least affected by this, so why am That's I going to give my child this if I really – Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to be affected by it if I get it, so. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you, and I'm, you take care of yourself. You're not – Obese. I mean, though, it's the people that I do way that, more than I ever have. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, I was muscle. looking at pictures of you from a couple of years ago. It was. It's a night and day difference. Yeah. Have you seen the picture of the first? Like, I think it was the first time he and I worked together, and uh, it was in Fourth of July. It was a gorm on the Fourth of July. My <laughs> yeah. face is like round. <laughs> yeah. I'd put on the sympathy weight, <laughs> sympathy pregnancy weight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, man, I look terrible right there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I was just having. I still a, haven't lost that chin either. I was just having a conversation with somebody about 
that at work the other night. Not not that particular you know picture, but just you know working with a uh, working with your son. That must have been a, a neat experience for you. Oh, it was totally cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was great. It was a great experience. Was that yeah. the only time you were able? You guys were able to work together? Well, actually, no, once no, or we, twice. We I mean, that was we had a couple times. call outs and stuff yep. like that too. Yeah. So, yep. We, uh, yeah, we, the funny part, yeah, we had one of the raids, we, uh, ended up clearing a room together and then he finds somebody in a closet that I had arrested so many freaking times in my, in my time with that local PD and, mm-hmm. and, uh, <clears throat> you know, and I see him putting the cuffs on her and I'm just, I'm just like shaking my head. First off, I hadn't heard him yell the way he was yelling that night. So that was different. <laughs> it was very different. It was, it was can different. You, can you, uh, the, o- the, o- the octaves go up. So yeah, okay, someone's been told. I want, I want to hear it. it it's awfully loud. <laughs> Come on now. You might be able, yeah, I want to hear the impression. Uh, yeah. Just, just imagine the sound of, you know, sticking a red hot poker up a Tyrannosaurus Rex's <laughs> ass. You know, and that's pretty much what it is. Like, <laughs> It's crazy. The, the so. adrenaline goes, and my my voice goes like way up. <laughs> it was just, it was impressively loud. It wasn't particularly high, but I remember. It's it was, not scary. It's just loud. <laughs> it was loud. It was good, but you know, it was kind of cool. It was, it was, there was some very cool moments um, when we were working together and stuff, and you know, watching him work other places and and wishing that I had been as far along w- at that stage of my career as he was. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it was good. Was that something you ever thought you'd be doing, you know, working with your son at all? No, I don't. No, I don't think it was ever anything that I thought would happen because I didn't I didn't go into police work thinking I would still be in it like 30-something years later. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be out yeah. in 21 when I turned 45 and start another career. And apparently, <clears throat> uh, even when it comes to banging nails, the only ones I can hit are my own. So, you know, it's like if I could do anything else, I might be doing something else. Well, that's what I'm going to be doing, so. (laughs) Well, good luck. Try not to hit your own nails because I hit all of mine. It's like, (laughs) No, you're fine. But, uh, yeah, it must have been a neat experience and just – especially for you too. It was. I always enjoyed it. Yeah. And I I think it made me like think slower. And try and think more calm in the sense like I got to play this right because you know, I'm <laughs> sure he's done this a thousand different ways. And I got to just make sure the maybe one or two ways I might have done it before I hope are decent. And I'm just going to go with that. Do you ever feel like you don't want to screw up sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, I got to play it the right way because the old timers watching me. <laughs> Yeah, the old timer. Yeah, and it's like you know, yeah, I've done this so many ways, and every single time it was different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they all, but they all work. It's just not my, but not my work. thing. And I, and I learned from a lot, and I, you know, I remember stories, and I learned from stories, even you know what yeah. I mean. So, yeah. and even though uh, John wasn't allowed to teach me much, I probably even learned a <laughs> couple things from you. I got that's right. I completely forgot about that. I yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it fades from every once in a while, and then we go back on it. Yeah, I, I, pro- I don't want to. I'm, I'm not yeah, even. We're not going to go into no, the no, story. That's, I mean, I'll, I, I'm not going to go into. This. I guess I could go into the story, but it, I, don't, I don't really need to. But I'm not mad with how I handle that whatsoever. No, you did the right thing. I'm not mad. It's no. for the and no one knows. I guess I, I don't even think Pistol Pete knows. No, uh, I don't think he does either. John was my FTO for a short two weeks. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I think what we came to terms with was uh, one morning we were getting relieved and uh, and someone just kind of wasn't ready to go. And 
John definitely subscribes to how I would of like, if you're going to be taking the keys then you need to be ready to go. Yep. Um, or at least have the, the look of someone who is, I don't know, can be ready as they walk out the door. Yeah. And, uh, this wasn't the case and maybe I'd, I'd say maybe the only way John didn't handle it well is maybe have the conversation not in front of me. <laughs> the guy with the guy with like six weeks on. Um, but he he needed to know that he's passing off, you know, the keys, the gates to the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, you know, to to the right hands and someone who's ready to go out. And that definitely wasn't the case that morning. I can subscribe to that. And um. And that's not to say that was every morning. That's just it was that morning, and it was a rough morning for everyone. Get shot in front of the police department, right, Phil? I'm not going to go there either. But well, and and there again, I know that's what I mean. Two people were ready to go on that. Yeah. Besides the people who were on duty. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not saying that everyone had to be there like that. That's just just how myself and the other officer chose to to go. But if I'm gonna go and probably be a representative of the PD, then I felt like I needed to be in uniform. And if I'm going to be in uniform, I'm going to be completely ready to go and, and be, and be ready. And that was a unfortunate case in point of you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen when. Yep, exactly. And, uh, and yeah, one second we're planning on where to go for dinner to congratulate a new officer. And the next we're taking down a, uh, a murder suspect, a murder suspect, you know, Hundred yards, hundred yards in front of the PD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, looking back at it, I it's hard for me to say that I handled that wrong. I don't think that you did. I just I I agree with what you say, and maybe I just have maybe said just more it. diplomatic. What you did was right. The way you did it might have needed adjustment. Are you yeah. trying to say yeah, something exactly. like that? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, then I was... I... <laughs> all, all of a sudden, I wasn't working with John anymore. <laughs> yeah, Phil doesn't need that influence on him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that bad influence that I am, so... <sighs> Live and learn, right? I learned. <laughs> so did you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not... I just don't think I did anything wrong, but whatever. So. No, and, and I think it's just—I'm not saying that person's wrong mm-hmm. in in any way, right? And I'm not saying that they have to walk in the door the way that we do. It's just a different mindset, and that's not to say that if something happened in that next moment while you guys are having a conversation, he wasn't ready to go. Yeah, exactly. Or couldn't have been ready to go as he walked out the door. I think you were trying to instill in me, hey, when you show up, you need to be ready to rock and roll. And it just didn't appear that someone else was prescribing to that same mindset. Yeah, exactly. And I know I've had that conversation with, I mean, you worked in a city PD and Mm -hmm. then you worked as a trooper. So when you got to work, I mean, I I get it. I come from, I look at coming to work from two different like venues. When my first police department, you were there, you were paid 30 minutes prior to the start of your shift. Right. And that 30 minutes was roll call. So you, and it wouldn't be anything for you to come in and be putting your gun belts on in roll call and sure. whatnot. You're, you're getting the briefing. You're not, it's not like you're, if something major happens, you're grabbing a, a set of keys and whatever car it is and you're rolling out. Yep. And then now it's kind of like the whole military aspect of things of, you know, so that was a very union mandated police department. 
the first one I worked for. Now, not to say that we're not, but kind of going down a line of where I've worked, it's, well, you're, you're, you should be ready 15 minutes before the start of your shift, your gun belt on, ready to go. And I'm like, well, I'm not getting paid sort of thing. So many people are like, it's, it's half and half. My shift doesn't start until this time. And so I have until that time to be ready. And you're not going to tell me what to do before that time. They're not wrong. But I don't think that they're right. That's yeah, a good way to put it. It, it. it is. And it's, I mean, same thing with you. You were being a city cop. When did, how, before the start of your shift, mm-hmm. how many minutes were you ready before? So I remember my, my first day, mm-hmm. um, they told me be there for seven o'clock. So I was there at seven o'clock and we were pulled aside, me and another guy. And we were told, okay, so we said seven o'clock, but what we really meant was 645. You need to be here and be ready to go. Okay. And so that was the, and we subscribed to that and that's just how it was. So. Yeah. And there's times I was not ready to go, say seven o'clock, seven oh three. I'm still not ready. Like I just, you know, I had a hard time putting my socks on that day, whatever it is. <laughs> kids. And what, it wasn't there. And there's times that I was ready to go well before that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I did the best I could sometimes. Yeah. yeah. We all do. We all do. You get your mornings like that. <laughs> I definitely have the mornings where I'm getting a call of, hey, where are you? It's 20 minutes after the start of your shift. You're still not here yet. Yeah. I had uh, a call like that on probation. Shit. Oh, it was for a first PD or second? Second. And it was like they knew that I was there like well early enough like because I'm on probation. The spotlight's on me. And it's like, yeah. Hey, good and, probation because you start your Yeah, exactly. Career. And yeah. uh, and they're like, oh, it's like 15 of and he's not here yet. Like normally he's here and ready to go and not there and got woken up by my FTO. Oh, you're not here? Nope. Oh my God. I, and it was like going into a night shift. I'm like, I <laughs> literally slept all day. I didn't set an alarm because I didn't think that I needed to set an alarm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, oh, I'm not even mad. I'm like impressed that you slept all day. <laughs> I was ready to go by like the two minutes past. Like I just, you know, I flew in and, and scrambled together, but it was just, it wasn't awesome. I remember I, a couple of weeks ago, I woke up at 5.36 a.m. My 6, 6 a.m. shift, and it's a good 15-minute travel time to the PD here. And I'm usually up at an hour before. Right. And uh, I made it there. It was time to spare, and I was just completely just blown away that I actually made it there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess getting back to it. Getting back to 2020 being a shit show, like showing up on time for work. <laughs> well, nobody had to worry about that for a while. Yeah, right. I guess they don't have to worry about it in England right now because they're going through a second strain or some new thing. That's right. I heard about that. Oh, I saw something about that. <clears throat> I, hate that. They're, they're I honestly really refuse to even chin. look on it. They're taking it on the chin out there bad right now. Man, the second, this is a different strain of the COVID virus. Supposedly, yep. Then what's the, what could the, is the vaccine going to be? Apparently the, they say the vaccine covers pretty well everything because of, and I don't, I'm not a biochemist or anything like that, but I guess there's, (laughs) I don't really want to be where they're attacking that particular virus. It's like, in I don't know if it's like in a junction or something. And it's like, you know, depending on how many branches there are, I really don't know about it. And right now there's, um, there's a microbiologist screaming at the, at the podcast because I'm spouting this. (laughs) Supposedly it was, it had like a, a very wide range of effectiveness against several different strains of yeah. the same virus. <clears throat> hmm. Are they still in complete lockdown over there? Or which I heard it are? got worse. I heard the UK got worse and I've seen some video of police going around with, you know, 
on their loudspeakers from their cruisers telling people stay indoors, you're not allowed outside. And it's like, oh, come on. Different set England. of laws, different set of laws, and different set of rules. It's, also, it's, technically, no guns in the populace. Yeah, no guns. Yeah, with I don't, the police I should, either. Oh, it was funny. I, it's funny you say that. I had a Bobby in my academy class. Yeah, and it was I had a Bobby and a guy from Ireland, and it was just that you know between the accents, it was amazing. But uh, no. yeah. but he would talk about the gun trucks that would go around the city. You know, and if you needed a gun, you just call the gun truck, and they came out with them. Jeez, um, it's just can you imagine just, waiting to get a gun. To go on a call? I want to be the gun truck driver. <laughs> Imagine the arsenal that's inside that thing. Yeah. I hope it's good. <laughs> I was talking to a Norwegian fellow, and they do very much the same thing. The police in Norway, apparently, according to this guy, um, they're not armed. And I says, well, so you – I says, how do they handle, like, really, you know, nasty calls? And he says, it's amazing. He says, people are very compliant up here. And – he says, you know, you tell them they're under arrest, they put their hands behind their back, and you very rarely have to fight with people. And and I just, I couldn't help it, but wonder out loud, because I can't shut up sometimes, but I just <laughs> I said, wow, I says, what happened to the Vikings? And he, and he just laughed, you know, but, <laughs> but really, it's like, you know, and they say if they need a gun, then they send somebody back to the station, and they hit the armory, and they come back with whatever it is you need, you give them a shopping list or whatever, and it's like, okay, that... That's just oh weird. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Like, you know, <clears throat> I need a gun and I need a gun in the next few seconds and it's only 20 minutes away. Yeah, right? I know. I know. So. It seems completely foreign. <sighs> but they've been doing it for that way for how for, long? For long enough that, yeah. it, it that it works and that's, and that's fine. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it. It's just completely different just, of what we do. Yeah. But you look at their populace and their populace isn't armed like ours is. Exactly. I mean, look at their murder rates. Probably not even. It's probably a couple a year. Mm. And I mean that probably a lot Still more though, than a couple. But I would have never wanted to go against someone with a knife or a hammer or a hammer. Anything I mean, like just, that. There's no. so much. You can be the most badass person and the guy that, and the all, shirt that, and all that right stuff. Now and is uh, Michael Chesney's shirt from Southside in uh, Quincy Mass or Braintree Mass uh, Southside restaurant, and he was killed by a. <clears throat> At the end of his midnight shift, he got a call for a erratic op who ended up taking off on him. And when the car came to a stop, around to the corner, the guy tossed a brick at him and killed him. Jeez. So, I mean, it's just a Yeah, you never know. Yeah. And a gun wouldn't have saved him probably in that instance either. I'm it's not saying a gun is surprise, an surprise attack just, sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, you never know what's going to go on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, 2020 has been uh, quite a bit. Quite a bit of a shit show, especially with law enforcement throughout the U.S. I know Pete had a few tidbits that he wanted to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the biggest thing I see, you know, the uh, all the protests that are going on and, you know, everybody gathers, all these allegedly peaceful people gather to protest police brutality. And they protested by getting in the faces of police officers and spitting and calling them names and assaulting them and throwing fireworks at them and, and, you know, spraying them with acid or, you know, pepper spray and all that kind of stuff. And, and <clears throat> it's just kind of a weird thing that they, that they're there to protest police brutality and you don't see the police exercising uh, anywhere near the brutality that the average person might in the, uh, in the place of that officer. And it's almost like, and I hope nobody gets really 
pissy about it, but it's almost like a compliment to U.S. police. I mean, only in the U.S. will you say and do the things that you say and do to an armed man or woman mm-hmm. and and trust them enough not to do the wrong thing. You wouldn't do that in a lot of countries. You wouldn't no. do it in a lot of Arabic countries or, you know, some, some of these other places. You know, I don't think you would do it in China. Um, <clears throat> you wouldn't, you know, you, you'd never see the light of day again. And uh, um, over here, people people do the things they do. And it's like I said, it's almost like they trust you not to do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And then they prove the point that, no, they're, they're proving the exact opposite of their point. They go in there and they're hoping to provoke a, a violent response on the part of the police. And what they get instead is not violent, mm-hmm. you know, until, I mean, obviously this eventually, you know, something, something's going to happen when they got to start moving the crowd or if it really gets out of control. But, you know, there's hours and hours and hours of video that anybody can see of people threatening to go to officers' homes and, um, you know, um, follow them, you know, following them home or talking about where they live and trying to look them up, trying to dox them and stuff. I have a friend down in Louisville, Kentucky, who was, um, who got out of work at one of the federal buildings that's under attack almost all the time in Louisville. And, uh, she got, um, she got followed and she picked up on the surveillance. Good on her. She had some situational awareness and she drove to a police station and called work and they sent a team over to get her, um, to her house and they, you know, they were able to shake the tail and all that stuff. And they got her to her house and they, they put a watch on her and stuff, but it was pretty, it's pretty interesting to see all these peaceful protesters not making their point. You, uh, not say you, excuse me. Um, I had heard from guys that were, that are friends of mine down in Rhode Island, that they were going on websites, Google searching officers' names to find out where they lived, where their families or from and stuff mm-hmm. like that, just to find and go to their homes and mm-hmm. just cause issues at their homes. It's it's. What do you think um, is going to be the reaction when you go in in that kind of mindset to somebody's home? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah, That's exactly. Crazy. Exactly, and like you were saying, only only in the U.S. can you talk and say talk shit about somebody or a group of people. Preferably, though, I'm not going to say the largest, uh, I'll say it, the largest gang in the U.S., which is yeah. kind of what the police are, yeah. more or less. And you're going to start screaming at them, yelling at them, throwing bricks and whatnot, and they're going to show restraint and not do much back to you. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's uh, this year has been a shit show when it comes to that. And and yes, I just no, not all not all police officers are like what happened. You know, I mean, oh. what I think what happened with Officer Chesna. I mean, my personal opinion, you know, aside, I I, I guess I the the bright side or where I want this to come from is that like you know, obviously we have the reforms, agree with them or not, in most of the states. I know we have a reform, a police reform here where where we live, but uh. You know, I just i I hope that with like with this podcast, I hope that people come out of this podcast when they start listening to it. They, my idea or my point is not to get somebody to change their mind about police at all. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not where I'm coming at with this. My 
the overall what I want to come from it is number one, I want to help end the stigma with obviously like we've talked about with mental health within yeah. law enforcement, within not only law enforcement, but whatever. I don't care. The occupation doesn't really matter. If you need to go talk to somebody, you need to go talk to somebody. Um, but it's just to get somebody to rethink that, hey, the next time you see a video about of a police officer on YouTube or wherever it is, Facebook, you see them and you think that they're doing the wrong thing. I guess what I'm trying to get at is just give you a different aspect of where police are coming from, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to realize that we are human. We mm-hmm. are uh, just normal people like everybody else out there, like the public. And just to just to give you different, I guess, just, you know, a positive mindset about police officers and not just go right to you know, oh, that cop's a shitbag for what he's doing or he's mm-hmm. an asshole. It's not, you know, just to get you just to think differently. I don't care if you agree with the video or not, whatever you say, whatever you see per se. Um, but just want you to, you know, have a different light or different pro- uh, mental process of, of thinking about what's going on inside yeah. the video. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people often forget that we're paid to do a job that's <clears throat> it's ugly, it's violent sometimes. Um, it, and it's a job that most people can't do and most people are not willing to do. I mean, really, you're going to go into a, a door where somebody's just got, got murdered or, you know, you, you're really going to put yourself in harm's way to the extent that a lot of officers have done. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then if we have to use force, the use of force is never um, – it's not pretty to see it. It's ugly. I, I don't like it. I, you know, I, I don't like having to put my hands violently on another human being. Um, <clears throat> and I haven't had to for a long time, but, um, it, it never changes. It really never changes. I mean, you know, when you're forcing your will on somebody for their good or for the good of the people around them or, or whatever, you know, just, um, it's not a good thing. And it's, it's not, it's it's a failure in one sense. You know, we love to be able to try to reason with somebody, but sometimes they're not going to be reasoned with, and you got to use force, and it's never pretty. <clears throat> in the whole use of force continuum, obviously, your you being on scene is the first part of the use of right, force. Right. Your presence, officer presence, is the first part of any any yeah, sort of force. Always changes the atmospherics, and I think that I guess we're like police training has kind of failed. It's failed in the way of, yeah, we had, I had a verbal judo class when I went to mm-hmm. the academy. I had a, maybe, I want to say, I'll give it credit and say maybe it was a total of 16 hours, two days that I had a verbal judo class. And like you said, it's a, me putting my hands on somebody's never going to be a, a good sight mm-hmm. at all. Right. I mean, I just had to go hands on the other day with a 130 pound kid. Yeah. And you try not to hurt him. Yeah. I'm six foot four, 235. Yep. And it's just the way that the situation, uh, you know, happened. Mm-hmm. But the use of force, I think that officers will, if they can start, how do I say this? If they can start articulating themselves a little bit better and not, and not go immediately to hands-on. Yeah. Because I think that a lot of people have kind of, skipped over that whole portion, you know, because they, they, they look at it of, 
if I can build a rapport with me to you, if I'm trying to arrest yep. you, and if I can build that rapport of, hey, Pete, I know this sucks, man. You know, you, 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 you're, you're going to have to come with me. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. We'll, we'll deal with it and we'll get you out of the, out of the PD as soon as we can. But yep. unfortunately, this is where we are right now. Yep. And yeah, it, I know it sucks. I don't want to be doing this, but I have to. Yep. So I think if officers can start relating more to people, and I know that's one of the things I wanted to do with this whole reform. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw the latest reform of, uh, was it Washington? And they had, they were obviously police departments should be hiring. They said, honestly, should be hiring, should be hiring the best candidate, but then they want to hire the best candidate from that city or town that they're in. Sure. Maybe that starts, starts helping to build the rapport. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but. I know. I think that there's still a lot of aspect within policing that we're hurting ourselves, whether it's training and the lack of, you know, defensive tactics, the lack of rapport building, verbal judo, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's never going to be a a good site. And I guess, you know, when I started this podcast, I didn't really. Think that I was going to get into a lot of policing. I thought I was going to be talking to a lot more people, just random, sure. random aspects or random topics in general. I think I'm going off on a tangent now, but uh, <clears throat> I think that you know we have to start building that rapport with people more mm-hmm. often, yeah. and actually. You know, when I saw Chesna put the, the knee on the neck for eight minutes, eight and a half minutes, whatever it was, it was. Chesna. No, Chesna, sorry. That's right. the shirt I'm wearing. Yeah. Uh, Officer Chauvin uh, put the knee on the neck for eight and a half minutes. You know, I saw that, the look in his eyes, and I saw that whole mental health aspect hmm. of it. And I don't know anything about the guy at all, but we were failing our cops right now as I think the whole their whole mental health or mental illness yeah. in, in policing. Um, you know, I think that there has to be a lot more opportunities for people within policing to get out there and talk to counselors and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I guess I just went off on a random topic. And yeah, but you brought, up, you brought up some really good points, you know, and hopefully I can get through a couple of them if, it, if it's yeah, okay. Go right but, ahead. You know, the the most the, the last one you brought up was one of the, one of the really important ones that, that gets to me, and I, um, you know, I've never been able to watch that whole video with uh, what happened in Minneapolis. Um, <clears throat> I've just uh, I've always I always end up screaming at the computer screen or something, and and you know, because I I just can't believe what's happening and, and you're watching this, you know, the, the legs are kicking, the legs are kicking and then they're not kicking. And he's still, yeah. it's like, I, I just don't understand what's going on in the guy's mind. And I'm not prejudging him. I'm just saying, I don't understand what I'm seeing mm-hmm. or why it's happening or, or why it was necessary or whatever, you know? And, and like I said, I'm not going to prejudge a guy or anything. Um, you know, that's, that's for the courts to do, but going back to, um, you know, you, you mentioned something about police sometimes are too quick to go to force. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, you can, you get somebody who you're at a, you're at a situation and, and a lot of times it's really emotional. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about a domestic with a male perpetrator and a female victim. Okay. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> what I've noticed over the years in my experience 
especially like over in Berlin where I started. Um, I used to watch, it just occurred to me after a while, it's just, I kept seeing the same patterns over and over again. It happened with me, it happened with other people. The first year and a half, two years, you get everybody resists arrests. Yep. Everybody resists arrest. And I think it's because people, the entry-level policemen have to learn how to talk to people. And they have to be clear and concise about what they're doing and why and so on. Do you think it's that or do you think it's, you know, yeah, we work in a in a fairly large, worked both you and I in the same police department agency, but a fairly large agency. But at the same time, you start dealing a lot with, uh, Philly, you want to grab me another one? Bottom of the fridge on the door. Um, you know, we work at a fairly large agency, but agency, but we start dealing with the same people over and over again. Sure. So they see somebody who's new to the force and, uh, Thanks, bud. And sorry for the interruption, ladies and gentlemen, but we, yeah, Pete, we were talking about uh, new officers and having a hard time talking and expressing themselves to people. The next thing you know, they're in a fight and it happens consistently for the first year and a half, two years, depending on how busy a department is. Um, And depending also on how many more senior people are there on the scene to take over and like when, when I got hired, it was like five or six of us that were all new. And, mm-hmm. you know, within like a year, probably six or eight of us got hired. So it was all these new guys who had no idea what to say. And the, the older <laughs> guys were on the desk or they were, you know, some of them were, were pretty good about attending calls with their guys. But uh, some of them just, you know, oh, I've got plenty of guys on the street. I don't need to be on the street. I think I'll answer the phone tonight, you know, run the radio or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so it was like that. But. Uh, so I noticed that uh, it just seems like it takes y- younger or entry-level policemen a while to – and I say policemen, I don't mean just men. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know <laughs> – well, I've made that stipulation many times. Uh, and we both – we mean both uh, men and women, even when I say guys. So it is what it is. It's just a yep. terminology. But, um, you know, I I think – I've never worked in a large agency like Minneapolis. Sure. Would that happen? But where somebody you're dealing with somebody that you don't know probably more often than not, mm-hmm. I would assume. Sure. Yeah, you're just a face in the crowd and so are they. Where we, you know, we work in a larger agency but a smaller area, we know a lot of the people that we're dealing with all the time. So you 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 build that rapport. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go hands on with them. Right. So Excuse me. I think you you people realize that over time that oh it's, it, Imperial's back. You know he's he's good with me. I'm I'll, I'll be good with him, and you know we'll we'll get through this. Yeah. Or Pelletier the same way. Yeah. Certain whatever officer name. But then there's officers name that can come back and yeah, start a riot when they immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all worked with that guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when they uh, you know who you are. Get you know, on scene. You know. Um, yeah, but I know we didn't get into the mental health game last, last mm-hmm. time you were here. And, uh, it was kind of one of the things I wanted to have you back. And, uh, you know, when you started, what was the general view of mental health for police officers back then? Was there any sort of help at all? It was self-initiated. Yeah. And we were very fortunate in that we worked very closely with our mental health unit, uh, our mental health um, agency. service yeah. agency in, in our town. 
And so we, we developed working friendships with people and that actually ended up helping me out later when I sought some help. Um, you know, just eventually somebody's cup gets full and they, you know, and it isn't anything like I, I didn't, I didn't, I saw enough bad things, but I, I didn't see like, you know, the scale that you see like in, in, the, in the big cities. It's not just mayhem every day. Cause yeah. that, that wears on a person that oh, has to, that, you know, that's like, you know, it's, it's got to be brain damaging. It really mm-hmm. does. Without a doubt, you know, was there any sort of stigma? I mean, I guess I'm asking, assuming that I already know the answer, but was there any sort of stigma with the guy, guy, men or, men or woman? Male, female did. I don't remember hearing about any of that. Um, I, I think maybe it was in the beginning of when it was okay to ask for help. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I remember uh, getting a ride into work one morning and this officer uh, picks me up with the cruiser and we're driving into work mm-hmm. and he looks over at me. It's, it's early in the morning. It's a day shift, you know, and he's just getting out of his evening shift and it's the last thing he's going to do or a night shift. I mean, it's yeah. the last thing he's going to do. Uh, before he goes home and goes to bed and, and he looks at me, you know, and he's like, so Pete, and he's got this big, big smile. How you doing? And I immediately like, I had no idea what this was. This was the weirdest thing that had ever happened to me. I just burst out crying and, and like screaming, crying, like sobbing hysterically. And, and, uh, <clears throat> he, he starts freaking out and he should have like, like how, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said what I said. I'm sorry. I, I was only asking you how are you doing. Oh my God. I said it again. You know, it's like that, that kind of stupidity. It was, it was just, he was in a complete, you know, puppy peed on the floor panic. You know what I mean? Just like, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there like I'm the senior guy, you know, and, and I'm, you're I'm the senior trying, guy. I'm the senior guy. And I'm, and he's like, I'll bring you back home. I'll cover your shift. I'll cover your shift. You know, and I'm like, no, no, you got to bring me to work. Bring me to work. <laughs> bring me to work. Bring me to work. And, you know, and I was just, um, something just caught up with me, um, from years before. And then it was just, for some reason, it just, all of a sudden, apparently it just caught up. And, you know, so you can, you know, we see bad things all the time. We all, to use that line from, uh, men in black, we all have memories we don't, just don't want, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> love and that movie. I love that movie. And there, and there was some things that he said were true. So, um, but, um, Aliens are real, but not about UFOs. No, that's that's just a bunch <laughs> of are you, nonsense. Are you not a you're not a UFO guy? You're gonna be on drugs. Oh Seriously. come on now! Do I look like a UFO guy? <laughs> I totally think. Although I've, I've got a space dust beer in front of me, I know actually it's pretty good. I like that one. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I can't even pronounce where it's from, but it's pretty good. Elysian. Elysian. All right. Elysian. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a UFO guy. But, you know, and I don't I don't debate it. It's just like it's not my thing. I just don't want to talk about it. So. <laughs> We're gonna. You're just afraid of them, aren't you? No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I can see it right there. <laughs> anyway, so. But yeah, so you know, you we all have these memories we don't want, yeah. and so what what a lot of us tend to do because it's such a macho profession and all this kind of stuff, yeah. you know, you want to just stuff that in the closet and and the old timers like my father's generation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them didn't Our believe. Soul. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, a lot of them uh, didn't want to believe that there was anything like combat fatigue, and they they held those you know, soldiers. Um, who had whose cup was full, they held them in much, much lower esteem. And Eugene Sledge wrote a book about uh, his experiences in the Pacific War in World War II um, that oh, ended up God. being um, made into a movie. Uh, it was um, Pacific, but what was the name of the book? I can't remember. I can't remember right now. 
With the old breed yes. on Peleliu yep. and Okinawa by Eugene Sludge. Yep. Great guy. Actually, Jocko Willink has discussed that many times on his podcast. Yep. I've heard him do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he said a lot of stuff that was true. And, and I, I, I think the best way I've ever heard somebody say it is, you know, the, uh, is the way Eugene said it. Um, and rest his soul too, by the way. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he said, yeah, that the man's cup was full. And, you know, it, it, now it's running over, <laughs> you know, and it's, but you go, you go and you stuff all these monsters in a closet in your brain and they don't go away No, and they feed on the darkness and they feed on the inattention. And then at some point they burst out in, in a cruiser at seven in the morning or, <laughs> you know, and, um, and it, it's just super ugly and horrifying when it comes out. And it, it's actually, it's truly frightening. I was, that was a very frightening experience and I thought I was losing it. And I went to see one of my mental health professionals and I said, Hey, so, um, I got a problem with a guy at work. <laughs> and I told her about everything, you know, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy, and he did this and he did that and he did this and he did that. Was it a guy at work or was it somebody else? Uh, no, I was talking to a metal. It, no, it was, it was, it was me. Absolutely. Yeah, you know? Know. Yeah. But you know, she finally says, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It sounds like he might have some, you know, some PTS and, and, um, you know, she says, do you mind just telling me who it is? And I said, well, it's me. And she's like, oh, you present really well. <laughs> and, you know, we I've always been close to that person. Speaking uh, for a friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, asking for a friend yeah. before it was cool. So, um, but, you know, I was just going, the biggest thing for me was just putting a name on it. Was, okay, so this is what it is. So let me, you know, what do you have? And, well, here's a bunch of stuff. You can read about it and you can read how this happens and. And how to get around it. And was the incident that you, that not that triggered you, but the incident that was brewing over the years, was it work related? Oh, yeah. It was, um, well, there was, it was a combination of, um, from when I was in EMT and then again when I was, uh, uh, when I'd become a police officer, you mm-hmm. know, I'd, um, and it, it's, it's the oddest thing because it really hasn't bothered me much since then. But, um, <clears throat> a couple of times while I was public speaking, I realized, huh, that, that's, kind of making me a little bit emotional. Um, and that was prior to the meltdown in the cruiser in the morning. But um, after that, it really hasn't, because I think she was able to give me some great tools to deal with it. And um, I spoke about, I, I, I um, talked to a couple of people at work and just told them, so this happened. And then I explained to them. The, the breakdown of the cruiser? Yep. And I explained to them, I says, uh, listen, what I'd like, and uh, including the guy that who had been driving, this poor kid, he was in therapy for years. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I assume I know that person, but yeah, you we'll do. Talk to him, we'll talk about him after. Yeah. So maybe. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I just, I, I said, the biggest thing is you gotta, you gotta pick somebody you can talk to. You gotta pick somebody you yeah. trust enough to talk to could be somebody at work it could be um you know some kind of professional or it could be a girlfriend or a relative or somebody you know somebody that and i i had certain relatives there's no way i could say anything to them mm-hmm. because um some of the stuff we see honestly you don't want to talk about at the table you don't want your relatives to know you did or saw or handled <laughs> or whatever you know yeah i've i've been in that situation and it's awkward because how do I say this without using names? Um, hmm. There's nothing like going to a party 
And when I say party, I mean get together, whatever it is. Sure. You know, yeah. um, there's nothing like going to a party and having to talk about X, Y, or Z, suicide, car accident, mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. because someone else is bringing it up on your behalf. Yeah. And that's that had happened to me a few a few times, and at that point in time, I handled handled it because it happened a lot more than once. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, um, it happened. I hand, I would handle it diplomatically as, sure. as much as possible. But uh, yeah, I mean, you don't want to talk about the stuff we see over the dinner table. Nobody does. No, not at all. It's no. it's. Yeah, in certain company. With, with others who with, know and understand, right? Exactly. At least somebody who's kind of been in those shoes, have a, has a connection to those shoes. Sometimes. But even so, you're not going to be munching on a burger talking about whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's typically... It's oh, like I mean, sometimes a beer. you are. <laughs> you know, you, you might be We're having, talking about over beers right now. <laughs> you, you might be having a beer and, and you're on a fishing boat or something and you just, you know, man, I'll tell you, I had a dream about whatever and, you know... It's but. funny because when it starts going, it spews. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> I yeah. was talking to – actually, I didn't, wasn't talking to him about the situation, but the guy who wrote that letter right there. Right. Um, his friend who was on another, another podcast, uh, him and his girlfriend at the time, um, owned a cat. And that guy who wrote the letter right there behind your left shoulder passed away. Mark's left and, uh And I was talking to his friend about – you know, he said he had never cried. Because he at that time when when it happened, um, he didn't have the ability to I say release the emotions. I guess you would say um, mm-hmm. just because of the, the situation that he was in. Sure. But when his girlfriend, when their and his girlfriend at the time had a cat, when the cat died six months after he came home, oh. hours of just bawling. It was you know it's just so it's funny how it when it the floodgates open they just they just pour out yeah on, on something innocuous <laughs> yeah. how you doing or the cat died or yeah. it's like you know yeah exactly i mean i've you know made it no qualms of uh and i've seen counseling i've been wanting to go back not just to um not because i have anything going i don't say anything going on it's just i i, I like it it's more therapeutic for me because i've had a lot of concussions so it it, it helps me that's fine. Go ahead, crack it. This is the podcast. I'm just trying to be really quiet while you talk. <laughs> That's fine. Um, you know, it's just more therapeutic and whatnot. And because I have a lot of concussions, it, it, it's helped me, uh, you know, just make the gaps that have been permanently erased from my brain, I guess you would right. say. Right, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know that was one of the things we wanted to hit on last time. We really didn't mm-hmm. have the opportunity because we were a couple hours deep at that time. But, yeah. Uh, no, it, it coming at it from a the a, a boss perspective slash chief of police now. Mm-hmm. How have you or have you helped your officers in that sort of way? In in the ability to go out there and you know, does the talent that you work for and, and you don't have to. I guess answer this per se, but uh, is the town you work that you work for kind of support the officers in maintaining their mental health at all? They generally support us with anything really, and if it comes down to taking care of somebody who needs to see a brain mechanic, I've I've never heard anything. I've, I haven't been there that long. This is going to be this. 
I'm just finishing up my fourth year there. Okay. <clears throat> but uh, that being said, I mean, there's the, the I know the. Um, the I know board, you had a lot of turnover the, as well. <laughs> I was not going to that. I thought we but. weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> There's that leap. Like, so, Flipped it right over. <laughs> so first I need a full staff. So, um, but nonetheless. But, you know, I mean, I, I've got a guy who's an Iraq war vet, you yeah. know, and um, he's, 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 he's an awesome guy. He's just, he's the best guy ever. And um, I love him to death. And I'm so happy that he's working for me. Uh, you know, and, I know that he saw quite a bit where mm-hmm. he was and, and, you know, so, uh, early on in our getting to know each other phase, you know, as, uh, I, I asked him, you know, about triggering events and stuff. I, you know, and I don't, I don't need to know details and stuff. I just like, you know, I just want to know, did he experience triggering or anything like that? Or is there anything that we should not talk about or whatever? And, and I had a, I had a younger, very, very enthusiastic, very curious guy who was also full-time and he would try and engage the other guy in conversations about, about what ooh, happened. Ooh, 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 you yeah. know, and it's like, yeah, no, you got to pull the brakes on that when they pump the brakes there, pal. Yeah. You know, because if he wants to talk about it, he'll discuss it. If he doesn't want to talk about it, that's okay too. Yeah. And maybe so, after a few years, he'll talk about it. That's it. Once uh, uh, he builds the rapport with him and opens up, maybe, that's it. maybe he'll do it. But so, you know, there, so there's, there's that. I mean, you know, we, we try to take care of each other and, and that, that starts, you know, that starts and we're lucky. We're, we're not in a big place where you're just a, a, a number on a, on a, on a roll call sheet or something. We're in a very small place. We help each other move when it's moving day. We go to each other's houses, you know, and, and, and we'll have dinner here and there. And, you know, we'll just, we, we get together, we hunt and fish together. We do stuff together. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I have uh, gatherings and stuff. Um, so it, and I think the intimacy that, that you build with each other, every good relationship has a certain amount of intimacy in it. And so I think knowing that, uh, that you can talk to somebody about whatever is going on or, Hey, you know, I, I've checked with the guys, uh, when they've had to deal with a, a call that involved a fatality or real, real serious, um, injuries or something like that. I check in on their mental health. I, I make it a point to do that. And just make sure they're okay. And I tell them, listen, if this starts to bother you, let me know or, or let somebody know, but make sure that you don't just sit there and, and, and suffer through it in silence. Cause this is, that's ridiculous. It's unnecessary and you don't need to do it. Mm-hmm. So I try to be, you know, um, as good as I can, you know, with it, you know, and I, cause I'm, I'm not always like the brightest observer as you've seen before. So <laughs> as we talked about in the beginning of this, there you go. <laughs> so. But at the same time, you know, it's like there's there's no shame in a lot of the stuff that we do, um, a lot of the stuff that, that you know, if if you just need to talk so, talk through something, I, I think that's the biggest thing is just you know to go and talk through something that happened that you know that messed with your head, and it, this job does mess with our heads. Yeah, yeah, and it's coupled by the stressors of the job itself, the stressors of working in, in this line of profession with a lot of A-type personalities. And, yeah, it, it will mess with your head. And mm-hmm. you, you need an outlet, whatever it is. There's, whether you like, like you said, whether it's a friend, a close confidant, relative, you know, or professional counselor, you, you need mm-hmm. to have that, that outlet of unloading it. And 
it's not just about the unloading portion of it. I think it's about how you can recognize within yourself the the changes that that need to be made. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think you thinking back probably for yourself, and I can think back for myself. It's you know unloading is one thing. That's that's I'm not even going to say half the battle because that's not it's not half. You know, there's that's the first part of the step. You have to unload it, and then there's. <clears throat> You know, unloading it, then there's unpacking it. Yes. You have to be able to, you know, this shit is bothering me, whatever it is. It give, it's one event or it's a, a accumulation of events. And then you, 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 just like a conversation, you have to unpack it and pull different pieces out of it. And, and, and why are, and why is something bothering you? Or, yep. you know, why are you not, why do you think you're handling it that way? That sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you have to realize how you're going to over, overcome it in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the end of 2020 that with regards to our state, there wasn't much in the police reform and I'm going to be upfront and honest with that. I really don't care. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand where you have to come from, but um, the- I, I'm no, <laughs> what are they going to do? Make me chief and grow up? Stop. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? I think that with regards to our state that there wasn't, there wasn't much with regards to mental health for police officers in, the, in nope. this reform. And nope. that's one glaring motherfucking issue with me. Yep. And that, and that really, I'm not going to say it hurts, but it's, it's, it's appalling to, to, to see that, you know, and I, and I'm, I understand agencies and, and insurance and all that sort of stuff. And I, and I, and I get that, you know, some agencies, the first one I worked for, it was mandated within policy for the juvenile officer, the juvenile detective, to go to a, a counselor every, it was at least once a year, if not, it, it was once a year or once every other year. It should be once a week for those guys with all the child sexual assaults and all the other shit they see. Exactly. How does anybody, and, and I don't think somebody should stay in that for like more than a couple of years and then like put him out somewhere else where he doesn't have to deal with this. Yeah. It's and, brain damaging. Yeah. And and so at least we're we, – it was – I left there eight years ago. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's changed, but I understand insurance and all that whole aspect of things. Right. And, you know, you don't want some – yeah, you want the, the, the academy as a whole to be kind of like an overseeing issue for police departments or overseeing yeah. board for police departments. Good luck with that. But, um, you know <laughs> – the police departments have to govern, govern them, themselves as well. So that was just, it, it's always been an issue with me mm-hmm. of, and I don't know what the answer is. I have no idea what the, what the answer is whatsoever, but there has to be something more that we can do for the men and women on the job mm-hmm. to keep them in the job. You know, the people are at work for hell, the people I work with now are probably going to uh, hate me. But, you know, we had a, a meeting recently and they were asking about what, what, how can make this place better. And I recommended, like, f- finance classes. We have a lot of younger kids now that work for the uh, the police department. And a lot of them don't know the value of a dollar. And I guess I'm getting back to the whole military aspect because I can't remember how many pl- finance classes I've gone to. But... Bring Edward Jones in, bring Fidelity in for, for a little bit just to show them, hey, if you put 50 bucks away a week into this account, 
for the next 25, 30 years. Yeah, I wish I'd done that. Exactly. Yeah. At 20 something years old and mm-hmm. not at 40 years old. Mm-hmm. So that sort of stuff. And the, the agencies, cities, towns, municipalities all have to, you know, invest time and resources into their officers, not only to keep them there, but to keep them strong and able to do the, the, the job the right way. Yeah. And, you know, it's like there's, okay, so there's all the ugly shit we see, but then there's all, all the unrealistic expectations. You know, you got to get X number of tickets or you got to get X number of DWIs. Mm. And how come you got four DWIs last year and the other guy got 18? And it's like, okay, well, you know, I solved 20 burglaries. And do you think burglars ever drive drunk? Well, they're in fucking prison now, stupid. So they're not driving drunk in prison, are they? No, stupid. You know, so it's like, you know, you get all these these chiefs. Again, I told you in the last episode, I hate chiefs. So, and there's a good reason. So, you know, um, but there's a lot of these guys that are just out there counting widgets. We don't make widgets. You know, you, you get a guy all about who, arrest numbers or car stops or, or yeah, report numbers. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, so we generate numbers and they get to be all about the numbers. But, you know, the biggest compliment that, that we ever had, um, I remember uh, years and years ago, our chief came in um, one time and he was talking about um, having been to the store and he, he was in line waiting to make a purchase and somebody was was buying beer and they were talking about, you know, doing a booze cruise or something. And the, the, uh, the counter clerk told the guy, you don't want to do that. And the cops are out there. They're going to get you. They are definitely going to catch you. You, you know, you don't have a chance out there. And the chief came in later that very same night. And he says, you wouldn't believe the conversation I just heard. And he told us about it. And somebody pointed out, well, that would be kind of like the answer to the question you asked us the other day about why our DWI arrests are down. We actually had an effect on that. When I came in, they had, um, I think they had like 500 accidents the first year I was there. 500. And, and it's a t- in a town of, or city. In a town of 10,000. 10, and I remember. That was a solid 10,000 back then. Yeah. Yeah. 10, 10 or 12 maybe. Yeah. But, you know, I remember um, I was at a fatal crash. It was my first year on. It was a fatal crash involved a child. And there was accident. I think it was accident 500 that year. And we had a few more because it was late in the year, but we had a few more after that. We're so, barely at one thirty right now. Yeah. And why is that? Because people drive differently. And they drive differently because the police are enforcing more stuff. So they had a whole big stable full of old horses. I mean, old police officers, you know, who really weren't <laughs> – and, and no, 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 no disrespect, you know. But yeah, they they weren't understand. really doing the traffic enforcement. Thing. And, and then they get a whole stable full of young ponies like us. And we we're out there stopping everything that moved. And after a while, people, it, our crash numbers went down, the arrest numbers for, for traffic related stuff like op after suspension or DWI, all of those numbers went down because we're doing a good job, not because we're lazy, you know, but you know, you, you got chiefs that are trying to write grants that are based on numbers. Dude, we don't make widgets. Yeah. No, it's for the cops that know me. I'm obviously not a numbers guy. I could care less if you have. I'm gonna say round numbers right now. I'm gonna say I could I could give a shit if you have ten arrests or a hundred arrests because mm-hmm. numbers are not the name of the game, and that's just what I, f- I firmly believe. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's people that are gonna argue with me about that and hate me for saying that, but that's that's number one. It's my opinion because I, you know what, it's not a, it's not about the arrests. Yeah, yeah, I want you to go out there and be productive. Mm-hmm. 
and production can come in any way. Because you know what? I really don't care if you're out there at Cumberland Farms for 30 minutes talking to people. Right. That's production. Yes. That is a good form of production. Developing rapport like we talked about earlier. Yeah, exactly. You're getting to know everybody that comes in. Yep. And I know as Phil and I were talking about that uh, murder earlier, um, I I got to know the victim of that very well from from doing that sort of thing. And it, and it's, you know, I mean, obviously, as you can see now, I have, you know, half sleeves and both arms mm-hmm. with tattoos. And that kid, the, the victim of it, had full sleeves and looked like a looked like a junkie. It is what it is. Looked yeah. like a junkie. Mm-hmm. Not one at all. And, yeah. and it was a really good kid. And, you know, and it was just like it changes your aspects of uh, 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 the way you sure. view people. Mm-hmm. And he would come in. Hey, Imperial, what's going on? Hey, Mike, how you doing? How was work tonight? Like grabbing a coffee sort of thing. Just shoot the shit. And uh, and I think that that's yeah they they have that sort of policing now I think they call it like windows down policing or like you know because they want you have the cruiser windows down and getting to know the people no, mm-hmm. get out park the car yeah I get it you want to get out there and enforce rules and regulations there yeah. are certain people within every agency I guess I'm hitting the, the table because I feel passionately about this but uh, there are certain people within every agency that. Everybody has their own niche. Mm-hmm. I'm not the car stop guy. Right. I like stopping cars sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's not me. I'm going to send the four or five people that I know that love stopping cars and want to get X, X, Y, and Z out of it. Fine. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'll stop my whatever number of cars a year. And that's what it is what it is. But I like building that rapport because you know yep. what? When something happens and everyone is saying, I don't want to talk to that effing cop over there because he bagged me for whatever it was. Whatever. Right, right, wrong, or indifferent. Right. But I'm going to talk to this guy because I know he's going to treat me like a normal human being. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's just, you know, the guy knows a lot of times. Go back to that domestic thing we were talking about yep. earlier. You know, a lot of times the guy knows I'm going to go to jail tonight because I was hitting my wife. You know, nobody cares, you know, that. Whatever. Nobody, nobody's going to listen to me. I'm just going to get treated like shit. And then you actually let him tell his side of the story and he feels like he's been heard. And then it's like, you know, well, was there a better way to handle this tonight, John? Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, well, if you had, if you had it to do over again, how would you do it? I love asking that question because the, the, the answers that come out are so good. And, and then, all right. Well, you know what? I wish you had done it that way. You know, maybe you should have thought about it a little bit different. I got to bring you in. Yeah. You know, I got to bring you in. Yeah, I know. I know. But, <laughs> but I listen to your story and, and I understand you and I, and I believe you. And I just, you know, I wish it hadn't gone this way for you tonight. You know, I was talking to, uh, I had an interview the other day with uh, Scott Medlin. He was episode one right before yours. And I was telling him and, uh, you know, I think obviously I'm uh, on the SWAT team, as you know. Hmm. And there's one thing for being tactical and, oh, and officer safety and all that sort of sure. stuff. But I'm the... I'm, I'm that sort of guy that I, I, have my, I got my hands in my pockets. And for the military guys <laughs> out there, I'm sorry. I got yeah. my hands in my pockets. Okay. But uh, I walk up. Hey, whoever it is, Joe Schmo, what's going on right now? Yep. Relax, sort of a relaxed environment. I'm talking to you as a human being. Yep. Like they can see through the, the, the uniform in a... You know, in sort of a de-escalating way. Mm-hmm. Like they don't see that mm-hmm. as like, you know, in your face. Right. I'm not, I, 
is it bad on me for not standing with, you know, at the 45 degree with my gun hip aside and, 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 and all that with your hands out like this. And yeah. is it bad on me? If something happens, I'll own it. But at the same time, me not doing that, me just being nonchalant, like, Hey, Joe, Joe Schmo, come over here and talk to me about it real quick. And just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is that the right way of doing it? Who knows? But it's the way it's worked for me. Everybody develops a style that works for them, except for that guy who starts a riot everywhere he goes. And maybe that's just a style he wants to cultivate. I don't know. But, but uh, oh. you know, but I, I think... It's always the smallest guy that wants to say that. that, that that's not always. Not always. No? It's, no, it's, it's the guy with the biggest chip on his shoulder, I think. But, yeah. But, you know, it's like... Um, uh, <laughs> it just takes explaining. if You know, and it goes back to, you know... There's the there's a lot of unrealistic expectations. We can't be perfect all the time, but you know, going and talking to somebody and and it looks like you've let your guard down. But have you really? I no, mean, not at all. So so your hands like I like to. So I get this. I see a lot of UK cops doing this. They've got these awesome, beautiful high vis jackets. Yeah, yeah. I'm so freaking jealous. And I look for the them. chief. You can buy them for your PD. I've looked on, online. <laughs> and I can't seem to locate them. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Um, but you see a lot of these guys, they're talking to people and they've got their, their hands up in like a, it's a pocket that's like probably between the waist and, and, yeah, it's and kind the of like belt up in, line. Up in this area. Yeah. You know, so you like, your arm is about at a 90 degree angle. It's, so. it's kind of like the, the condor jacket. Yeah. Like you had. Yep. Okay. And so, you know, and, and so the. Theoretically, yeah, they have their hands in their pockets. They got their thumbs on the outside and stuff, and they're just talking away to people. And I've adopted that for myself in my own jacket. I mean, I wear my high vis and stuff, and it's like you know, maybe I should have been a UK copper. I don't know, but but um, you know, I, I talk to people like that a lot, all the time. You know, but does it mean that I can't reach my gun that's just you know a couple of inches behind it? No, I, you know, I can get down there quickly if I need to, or I can go hands on. My hands come out of my pockets really fast. I got really big wide pockets. Yeah, I, I get it. It's 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 like shooting and it's like, you know, jujitsu or any sort of defensive tactics. You're gonna always fall back on the being mm-hmm. on the SWAT team, you're gonna always fall back on the basics. Yeah. And the basics of standing and how you're talking to people. Um so I think that just comes with time, like you were like you were saying. You know, yeah. the more senior guys, I guess they develop that rapport and that ability to de-escalate themselves in it and and slow things down by develop that conversation with whoever you have to have it with yep but slow it down and and um yeah just you know like we we get paid to assess behavior yep and you know i remember a, a really really good sergeant i worked for he retired as a captain and great 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 street cop awesome street cop and I remember him telling me, he says, you know, when you get into a hot call, he says, you've got to decide when you're talking to a guy who's screaming and he's out of control, you got to figure out if you talk to him, you got to, you got about 10 seconds to figure out, do I, do I talk to this guy for five minutes and he's going to be calm or do I just need to go hands on right now? Yeah. It's within the first 10 seconds. Yeah. And he's not wrong. Right. Yeah. He was not wrong. That Completely rule right. has worked for me a million times. I'll get to a hot call and somebody says, put the handcuffs on me right away. I don't ask questions. No. It's protect and serve. And this is the serve part. Put the handcuffs on. And then a lot of times they freak out, but now they feel safe. You know, just like the guy yeah. who, who's kind of a dick. And then you go and put him in the cell, and as soon as the cell door closes, he's right up against the bars, and he's threatening you, and he's going to find you, and all this kind of shit. Because he feels safe in that cell to say yeah. these things, because now there's a barrier. Yeah, exactly. He never expects you to open it up, and I've seen some, <sighs> some known yeah, some cops who yeah. opened it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, 
I've known know. some cops who have uh, pepper sprayed somebody in a closed cell before. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would anybody do that? It's, you know? So, <laughs> anyway. You know, if, if it's a matter of, you know, they're they're doing something crazy and you need to get, under, get them under control, but... You know, anyway, I'm not going to criticize somebody because I'm not there. But all no. I can say is I've never done it. And, I've, you know, once that door is shut, I don't care what they say. Yeah, I, I really, I really don't. don't. I know? just want you to, I don't care what you're saying as long as you're not at level 10. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> just, just, just just take it down a few steps. Yeah. That way I can get my paperwork done and get you out of here. Exactly. And don't, yeah. and don't keep getting you can, interrupted. You can by make your... this last all night, stupid. Yeah. Or you can go back home and have another couple of beers yeah. and then get arrested for violating your bail. <laughs> 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 Whatever. Oh, Pete, we are an hour and a half in right now. Oh, my gosh. And it's not too bad. No, not bad. <sighs> 2020. It has sucked for a lot of people. I mean... If I keep saying it sucked, my fiance hears this. Here's this. You're gonna start she's drinking. She's calling game. right now. You're gonna start a drinking game. <laughs> 2020 has sucked. Everybody drinks again. <laughs> yeah, no, it has not because uh, we got engaged earlier this year and we're getting married in spring of uh, next year. So Congratulations! Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, <sighs> there's be some big changes. That'll be good. Big changes, and I really haven't even had the opportunity to discuss it much on the podcast i've kind of hinted at it both on the podcast and online and obviously phil had to grab his uh, bug out bag and head out for a little bit but yeah there's uh, going to be some changes in my life coming up mm-hmm. and it's kind of one of the reasons why i um wanted to have this podcast with the both of you but in a couple of you a couple of weeks now excuse me um I'll be leaving my full-time employment yep. with the police department. And I guess, I guess lack of better terminology is going back to like a, an advisor role part-time and moving about five hours away. And it's not to say that I am my long-term goal is to not leave policing. Right. But in the meantime, I have, to, I guess I have to look at it. What's that word I'm looking for? And I have to compartmentalize things. That's just the way I I am. And who knows if I'm going to be able to come back to policing. It's just as what it is. And I'll be doing something else. Mm -hmm. And I guess life is all about change. But it's a little bit earlier than I would have thought 11 years ago. Than I thought this, this would be happening. It's uh, it's been. I'm not going to say a struggle at all because I am in a lot better place personally than I ever had been in my life. Yep. And it's just a new opportunity, a new venture, a new mm-hmm. new adventure. Excuse me. And yeah, I I guess. <sighs> Have there been things that I wish I would have done differently throughout my career? I don't. I really don't know. Yeah. Because the things that you think that you regret, do you really end up regretting them, or do you just look at them look at them as learning objective? Not say objective, but learning. I guess lessons or whatever. But yeah, you know, I guess I won't do that again. Yeah, and you just you, you know you 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 take things as they come, and how you're going to handle yourself, and not only your 
uh, future, but at that point in time, but yeah, I'm moving a few hours away from where I am now, and I'm going to miss seeing you around, too. <laughs> miss seeing you I as well. I don't see you enough as it is, and now you're moving away. I Thanks. know, I know, but uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it just comes to that point in life where you have to make a decision and and roll with it. You got to do what's right for you. You know, nobody else is going to do that for you. Transitional so. life kind of sucks. And it's not that this sucks whatsoever because it does not. And I wouldn't be doing it if it did. But transitions are a hard thing, I think, for everybody. Yeah. Especially when you think that they're earlier than you would have expected. Yeah. And yeah, I I don't know. I, I guess I really just kind of lost for words with, with it sometimes. It's bittersweet. Yeah, it is. I say, is it really bitter? It is bittersweet because I've kind of accomplished everything I thought I would have done going into the career. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things I didn't even realize about the career before when I got into it. And just with anything else. But I always wanted to be on the SWAT team. Mm-hmm. Done that. I, I, I love training people. And mm-hmm. I can still do that uh, outside of law enforcement. So I'm not really, I don't want to say saying goodbye to it. But, yeah. I, I've done everything that I thought I would have done. It's my decision and what's going on. And I'm... Thoroughly excited for that new part in life because I think what makes you a better person is challenging yourself. Yep. And I don't know. I know what career I'm going into next at, at this moment. And I don't know how to do that. So I'm guess I'm, I'm excited about learning. Sure. You're going to be outside your comfort zone, but you've become comfortable outside your comfort zone. And that's what I, that's, that's okay. That's a good thing. Yeah, you have to be comfortable inside your comfort zone and in learning new aspects. And i I think that this podcast itself <laughs> is it's definitely not going to go away at all. So if you guys if you guys are sick and tired of hearing from me or of me, guess what? You're not gonna you're not gonna stop. So I'll still be here if you're willing to listen. Surprise. <laughs> um, that being said, I think that this podcast is going to help in that transition. Because I know of a lot of cops from across the country and across the world that do listen. And it's helping bridge that gap, not only between law enforcement and the public, but between American law enforcement. Let me see. I know I've I've talked to cops in Ohio, cops in Maryland, California, just because, just because of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I've, I know that there's cops in Australia that listen and India. So, it, and it's... And that is absolutely for the people that are listening and still tuning into this an hour and 41 minutes into it. I, I, I am thoroughly appreciative and happy for every, uh, happy that you guys listen to me um, or us. But yeah, transitions are a hard thing to deal with. And I think that when they come sooner than expected or sooner than, than what you thought they would have come, it's a good thing in life. You know, it gives you that, that whole, it gives you just another way of looking at things. Yes. Yep. 
And, you know, there's a temptation to think that, oh, my gosh, what am I going to be? I'm not going to be a cop anymore. I'm not going to be. And you do lose a sense. You do lose a little bit of your identity. You mm-hmm. know, your, your call sign becomes your identity for a while. And, you know, and it's, it's, it's the, you know, the badge, a ticket to the greatest show on earth, right? It's, well, it's, I've, I was talking to somebody about that sort of stuff. And Pete, what do you do for work? Me? Yeah. I'm a police officer. And you just said right there, I am a police officer. Yeah. You didn't say what you did. Right. You said that what you are. And that's like you just said, it's, it is a sense of an identity. And I've, I guess I've kind of set myself up for, I've never let this job define me. I've never wanted to be known as a cop. I just wanted to be known as John Imperial walking into a room. Mm -hmm. I hate the fact that people want to say like, Everybody, he's a cop. Don't I, drink too I, much tonight. I you better behave. We got hate a cop that. here. What's Shut the, the fuck up. <laughs> that and then what's it like when you go into a room or a building or a restaurant? Wait. I didn't do it. There he is. He's right there. Arrest him. <laughs> yeah. Wait till I do that. So I, I guess that I've kind of set myself, set myself up as I didn't want to be known as a cop. Yeah. It's just me. I've always been the, the, the type to my, my ship has ended. Mm-hmm. I take my uniform off, I put it in the locker, and I'm out. You know, in the, and I take that persona off. And I guess, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Well, it, but you don't really totally surrender it, though. I mean, if you're, if you're in line at a store and somebody starts beating on their significant other, you're going to get 